Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vandermater. Welcome back, Jack. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to get into this Cavs draft recap episode. Yeah, so today we are shooting a Cavs recap special of the draft last night. But first, Jack, we have an announcement from our sponsor. Yeah, so if you guys have been following us for a while, you know that We've been sponsored by Manscaped, and they've helped us do a lot of great things. Support for the Hottest Take Sports Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HTSP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code HTSP. Guys, the products are great. I have chest hair like I'm a gorilla. My mom tells me not to shave it, and I haven't shaved it. But one time I did, and Manscaped was awesome. The Lawnmower 3.0 was perfect to shave your chest hair. Or you can even do your balls if you want. So use our code HTSP. It helps us a lot. It even works for your face too, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do that if you're using it for your below-the-belt grooming too. But moving on, without further ado, let's hop right into it with the top five picks of last night's draft. Yeah, so first overall, the Minnesota Timberwolves selected Anthony Edwards, a guard from Georgia. And he was like the consensus top player in the draft, I would say so, Jack. But he wasn't a sure thing at one. There were some people who thought LaMelo Ball would go first, but really the top three were kind of a lock. We just weren't sure how they would fall. Number two, the Golden State Warriors selected James Wiseman, the center out of Memphis. James Wiseman was a guy who didn't play much in his college career because of some problems with the NCAA, but he's a high-ceiling high prospect, um, a good fit for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, real quick, I thought maybe with the news of Clay Thompson tearing his Achilles yesterday that the Warriors might deviate their, from their plan and go with someone like LaMelo, but they stuck with Wiseman, and I think that's a good choice because they do have someone like Andrew Wiggins. With the third overall choice in the draft, the Charlotte Hornets selected LaMelo Ball, a guard from Australia. LaMelo Ball goes to the Michael Jordan-owned Charlotte Hornets. We might finally be able to see this LaVar versus Michael 1v1 that has been so hyped up for all these years. But more realistically, I think this is a great pick for the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball is a guy that I think the Hornets really needed as a small market team and as a team who's kind of struggled the last few years. So I think this kind of puts them on the map and gives them a a direction for their future. At number four, we have the Chicago Bulls, who selected Patrick Williams, a forward out of Florida State. Yeah, I think this was the biggest surprise for anyone else, or for just anyone watching the draft, Jack. People really didn't expect someone like Williams to go it for. People were thinking he may go on the lottery, but this was a really surprising choice by the Bulls. Yeah. At number five, we all know who we picked here, but we selected Isaac Okoro, forward out of Auburn. Uh, what do you think of this pick? Yeah, so Isaac Okoro, who is a 6'6", 225-pound small forward, I think it was a good pick, Jack, and obviously we're going to dive a lot deeper into it, but I think the Cavs did a great job last night. Yeah, a lot of people kind of had Obi Tobin pegged to the Cavs, as did I, so it came as a little bit of a surprise to me. 
Um, if you follow us on Twitter, we actually broke the news a couple minutes early. So we got that insider information. But Isaac Okoro, it, you know, he fits a, a need well, especially with this Kevin Porter Jr. information um, coming out last week. And I think he, he's a, a high upside guy, but needs development. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely a high upside guy with a lot of stuff to work on. I mean, he's young, Jack. He's 19 years old, if I'm correct. And, I mean, he just has really good athleticism. And one of the best things that I like about him is that he's a high-motor, hard-working player. Just like a player that a lot of people doubted coming two years out of the draft with the seventh overall pick in Colin Sexton. Yeah, so Isaac Okoro, who's 6'6", 225 pounds, and like we said, plays small forward. He has a really good strength and athleticism and is a solid finisher around the rim. That was one of my things that I actually did really like about this pick was that strength and physicality that he brings because I think the Cavs have kind of been lacking that. You know, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, they play hard, but they don't have that hard-nosed physicality that you just can't really fake in the NBA. So I think he does add a nice aspect to our team that we really didn't have before. Yeah, he's really good at getting to the hoop and driving. And with that physical uh, mentality and prowess, he's also really good at defense, Jack. I mean, he was praised as the best defensive player in this draft, and that was a huge reason why he went five. He's an unselfish player, and he even said last night that he's going to want to guard the opposing team's best offensive player. Yeah, and that, that kind of mentality that he wants to be the best and that he wants to guard that top opposing player is part of the reason why you know, scouts liked him so much. He had a fantastic interview process, um, got raved from reviews all from multiple teams about his interviews, and was really praised by his coach at Auburn, Bruce Pearl. You know, he's saying basically that Isaac Okoro, even though he was a 19-year-old fr- freshman, really played and acted like a senior in that locker room. So I think that mentality is huge for the Cavs because if we get a lot of like-minded players like Sexton with hard work ethics, I think that'll really cultivate into a good culture. Yeah, and Pearl even said last night on live TV that he could guard one through five. Kobe Altman and uh, J.B. Bickerstaff said one through four, but the fact that he can guard uh, one through four is pretty incredible to me. That The fact that he has a speed to keep up with a one and that he has the power to actually guard a four or even a five. And, I mean, this kid's no joke on the defensive side of the ball. In the SEC this year, he was... All SEC second team as a freshman, all freshman team, and he was on the all defense team. His defense is something that the Cavs really, really needed, as a lot of the players on the Cavs struggle with defense, like Darius Garland, or Colin Sexton, or Kevin Love, or even Chetty Osman. The Cavs were the worst, like the absolute worst statistically defensive team in the NBA last year. So, yes, Okoro is not going to be this huge scorer, but he's going to be a guy that can come in and make an immediate impact on the defensive side of the ball. To that point, I will mention that I think defense can sometimes translate. It may take a while to translate into the NBA. A lot of times players who are praised as defensive-minded players maybe not struggle, but do have a little learning curve as the game is just bigger and faster and stronger. So I would let, it's going to be very interesting to see how he kind of comes into the NBA and if that, that defensive prowess that he showed in college can make an immediate impact. But I definitely think it's a, a good a good pick in, from that regard. Some of his weaknesses that I just want to mention quickly are his offensive game. He only shot 28% from three and 67% from the free throw line. 
he, he lacks some creativity and has some inconsistent shooting mechanics. And that's really, I think, where scouts look at his developmental upside, that if he can figure out that shot, then I think you got to steal right here at five. Yeah, and I realized that he wasn't a great shooter at Auburn in his one year there. But this kid is someone who's always kind of proved people wrong on every level that he's played. I mean, he wasn't a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was a four-star. He wasn't supposed to be a lottery pick this year and goes five to the Cavs. He's someone who's going to be in the gym 24-7 and who's going to prove you wrong. I mean, like, Colin Sexton shot 33% from three when he was in Alabama in his singular year there. When guys are naturally gifted athletically, like Okoro is, and they, they have a nonstop work ethic, yeah, it might take a little while to develop a shot, but, like, he will be able to develop a shot. So it's something that I'm not really worried about with the future. It's going to take time. It takes time for everyone. I mean, even like someone like Dwight Howard developed a good free throw shot. Anyone can develop a shot if they work hard at it, unless they're injured or like have a mental block like someone like Ben Simmons. Yeah, or Mark, Mark Fultz is another guy that comes to mind. In regards to that, though, Okoro's development will really be a good testament to where the Cavs' development stands currently. They've had some problems, I'd say, developing over the last couple of years, just with Garland and Sexton. Sexton's improved, but that might be more because of his mentality and his affinity for the gym. Um, so this will be a really good test to see, you know, how J.D. Bickerstaff and that front office can really develop their draft picks. Yeah, and it's a thing of, even if they want to see, like, a big offensive jump for him in this first year... If he's guarding the opposing team's best player, he's going to not have a lot of energy to go score on the offensive side. And I know he's good with driving to the lane and dishing out after that, but it, it will be a testament to how they can develop his shot and how they can develop him as a player. Because he'll put in the work, so it's really on the Cavs at this point. And like, I agree with that point you said. When, when you're driving and really being a force in the paint, that takes a lot more energy than standing out by the three-point line and just jacking up shots. So like you said, with the defensive thing too, it's really going to be important for him to develop a wider range of offensive game so he can kind of preserve that energy for when he does have a hard task defensively. Yeah, and you see players becoming more and more proficient at shooting from the outside even someone like Larry Nance who took only two threes last or two years ago and shot like over 60 and made him at like a 35% clip last year so you're seeing bigger and bigger guys being able to go out on the wing and score and that's something that Okoro is going to have to do I want to get into some comparisons here do you want to start off with some of your, your low end comparisons moving up to high end yeah, so my low-end comparison for Isaac was an OG Anubi-type player. And OG was also a lottery pick, but he hasn't been great for the Raptors. He's good defensively, and he can score some, but he hasn't been what they thought he would be. My middle comp is Andre Iguodala. This is kind of a higher middle comp, but it's something that I think is very attainable for a player like Isaac. Very good on the defensive side of the ball and can score when you need him to score. Iggy has never, well, especially with Golden State, with Philly he was like the first option. But, I mean, he hasn't been the star that people ever thought he was. And I'm hoping that Isaac can reach above that, but it's certainly a place where he could fall. And then my high-end comp was Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler, everyone knows him. He was in the finals this year, star of the NBA 
also fantastic on the defensive side of the ball. And Jimmy Butler was a guy who took a couple of years to develop and really get into the swing of things in the NBA. I think this is the high-end comp, but again, I think it's the ceiling for him. I think he can reach it. Yeah, um, I agree with a lot of those comps. Jimmy Butler would be fantastic. My, my comparisons, my low end, was Justice Winslow, who was drafted five years ago out of Duke. Um, he's been decent, but never really evolved into the player that some people thought he could be. And then my high-end comp, which you could say is almost a, a dream scenario, would be Kawhi Leonard. Um, some really interesting facts or stats that I found um, that kind of compare the two really well are, are Kawhi's freshman year stats when he was in college. You know, he was a 6'7", 225-pound shooting guard who averaged 12.7 points per game, 9.9 rebounds per game, 1.9 assists per game, and 1.4 steals per game. Isaac Okoro, his freshman stats at Auburn, he's a 6'6", 225-pound small forward, so that's almost identical. 12.9 points per game, 4.4 rebounds per game, 2.0 assists, and nine or one steal a game. So those, other than the rebounds, which Kawhi definitely has a, an advantage there, their, their stats and outlook were almost identical. Also, both were said to have a weak offensive game coming out of college. Obviously, Kawhi fell into a pretty great situation with Greg Popovich and those, those Spurs, but um, I think both are kind of developmental prospects. I think it's actually pretty interesting how similar these two were in college and how similar their kind of draft outlook is as they're both kind of pegged as like developmental upside players. Yeah, I mean... There's going to be really high expectations for Okoro, and I think he will be able to make an immediate impact. But I think people are going to be disappointed if they think he's going to come and be some star in this first year. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be really good in the future, but you're going to get let down if you think he's going to make a huge, huge impact with this team right now. I agree with that a thousand percent. I definitely think it's going to take him at least a year probably more to develop into his his you know true potential so jack how does this pick look for the Cavs' future yeah so it, it definitely changes the outlook of the Cavs. it added some needed defense and physicality like you said the Cavs were dead last in defensive ranking um and like i also mentioned they weren't very physical um and it fills the small forward position you can kind of move kevin porter jr up to shooting guard and and Darius Garland can kind of be that backup point guard, that six-man type player. Isaac Okoro, is, who is a much more prototypical size for that small forward, can step in and um, kind of fill the, the starting lineup as it should look. Going into our lineup projections, Jack, I have Colin Sexton starting at point guard, Kevin Porter Jr. starting at shooting guard, depending on how his legal situation kind of ends. Isaac Okoro starting at small forward, Kevin Love at power forward, and Andre Drummond at center. And one of the bigger sort of things is the question of Tristan Thompson re-signing with the Cavs or not. And personally, I don't think Tristan will re-sign with the Cavs, which will throw Larry Nance Jr. into the primary backup role for a big man. But one person that the Cavs didn't pick last night really could have made a big impact this upcoming year especially if Tristan Thompson leaves, and that's Obi Toppin. Yeah, so Obi Toppin out of Dayton was a guy that I think a lot of Cavs fans wanted and a lot of Cavs fans pegged to the Cavs at five. Because of those two things, I had a feeling that they weren't going to draft Toppin. You know, 
I think it's funny because without missing out on Toppin, you kind of you, you don't get that athletic big man that's so prevalent in the NBA today. It, like Toppin, I feel like is the dictionary definition for athletic big man. I mean, his highlight reel is ridiculous. Um, however, I do think that filling that small forward position is huge as like you've mentioned for years now the small forward position is so valuable in the NBA yeah I'm literally so happy that you brought that up I've always always said that the key to a good team is a good small forward all winning teams have a good small forward and you've seen teams go far with these young small forwards like the Celtics with Jason Tatum so I think it's of utter importance that a team does get a small forward but it does also hurt that the Cavs could lack some depth with the big man position this year, especially after next year if you do lose someone like Andre Drummond or if they do do a sign and trade with Andre Drummond like some people have been saying they could. Not to mention, too, that Kevin Love, and we've been saying this for a while now, is probably not the future for the Cavs. He doesn't really fit. We have a ton of young guys, and then we have Kevin Love, who's kind of on the decline back end of his career on a fat contract. So I definitely think that big man is going to be a need for us moving forward but that's something we can address later on down the road as the Cavs we're, we're not really looking to contend this year anyway. yeah I'm happy that they filled the small forward position as our backup now Chetty Osman I originally thought he could be the future small forward for this organization but he hasn't played up to what people kind of expected him to he's been shaky on the offensive side, inconsistent with his three, and he just hasn't been good on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so final draft grade, I gave the Cavs a B for this pick. I think the B kind of comes from A, missing out on that, that athletic big man in Obi Top, and we'll see how that plays out. That could end up being a good thing that we didn't take him. But I also think just development, too, the fact that we didn't really get an offensive-minded player can kind of contribute to that, why, why it's not an A, but I think a B is a solid grade. I think the Cavs ultimately did pretty well with this pick. I am going to give the Cavs a B also, but for other reasons. One, it's not their fault, but after the top three, there was only second-tier sort of players left, and I think the Cavs got the best player out of all of those players, out of someone like Vassal or someone like Denny Advija, or even Obi. I think Isaac's the best out of that group, and I think the Cavs will benefit from it. And this year was a tough draft because there wasn't a labeled superstar like a Zion Williamson or John Morant. So this year, teams really drafted with the best fit and not the best player. And that's what the Cavs went out and did. They got their best fit player, and that's why I'm going to give them a B here. Yeah, I like a lot of the points you brought up. I do think from a fit standpoint... It makes a lot of sense. So it was a little bit of a shorter episode today, but something that we definitely wanted to talk about. It was a pleasure having you on again, Jack. As always, I really enjoyed talking some cats. We haven't talked about them in a while. Obviously, our last episode was pre-draft, but all in all, I'm excited to see how this Cavs team looks next year. Yeah, we, it will be an exciting season starting on December 22nd, so almost a month away. And shout out Elmo. We will catch y'all next time. Stay hot, our friends. Peace.
And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Black Lions Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the hottest underscore take pop. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. And also make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time. Thank you.